Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I'm the pastor of Elevation Church. Thanks for joining us on the Elevation Podcast. Now, today's special message is from Dominion Camp Meeting at World Harvest Church in Columbus, Ohio. I know you're gonna love it. We picked it out just for you on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this special message today. Do you know the scripture in Isaiah 43? Um, 43, 19, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Ask somebody next to you, don't you see it? Tell them you're sitting next to someone who is so anointed. Don't you see it? Look at your second choice neighbor who feels very left out right now and ask him, don't you see it? But I guess um, Travis was plagiarizing <laughs> with that awesome song. And um, you can get the royalties for it, but Isaiah wrote it. <laughs> it's public domain, though, isn't it? Because he said, I am making a way in the wilderness. And it's funny how. I just really, really am excited to be here. So I've been on vacation too, so I've been storing up for this. Um, he says, I am making a way. And so it's very much not just about something that God did, because he's prophesying forward uh, into a time where the people of God will be in Babylonian captivity. And so they're not there yet, but Isaiah is giving them the word that they will need when they arrive in that place. Making away I am, so it's present tense. But then in order to drive his point home, he's you know, an amazing preacher. Isaiah's a good preacher, so he wants to use a point of reference. So to do that and to help the people see the way that God is making, because sometimes we can't see the way that God is making, sometimes we miss what is because we're stuck in what was or we're so worried about what will be, and we start worrying about things that never would. We start worrying about things that God is already working on. We start worrying about things that if we would just worship through them, we wouldn't even have to lose sleep. We wouldn't even have to have an ulcer. We wouldn't even have to have a breakdown. So to get them to believe that and to convince them of what God is able to do, he, he reaches back. He, uh, he starts reminding them, Israel had this jam. They had this, this song that they loved. It was, it was their greatest hit. and uh, It went like this. Look, this is verse 16, Isaiah 43, 16. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way. So that's what God did through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. That's what he did, who drew out the chariots and horses. And this was so familiar to Isaiah's audience. It wasn't a poetic statement for them like it is for us, you know, divorced by centuries of context from our contemporary situation. But this is something they knew in their bones. This was the birth of the nation. And so when he's talking about these waters that they crossed over under the leadership of Moses, they're singing right along. You know, it's not, it's not a new song for them. They don't, they don't have to wait to get into it. The moment that Isaiah starts prophesying this toward what they're going to go through that they're not going through yet, the moment he starts, they join in because they know this song. They know that you made a way. Just a little bit. Not like him, but I could do it if I had to. I remind my worship leaders I could do it. With the ukulele, I could grow the church. <laughs> I really could. Who made a way? And that puts them in um, that puts them in a mindset of miracle memory. Miracle memory. When you work out. They call it muscle memory. All right? Which took me a while to realize that if you work out once in January and once for summer, it will never feel normal. And once I started to realize, like, oh, when you're sore, you go back in 
and you do it again. And when you step out on faith and you feel uncomfortable, you step out again. And when you go to follow through on what God spoke to you in a moment, you step out again. Touch somebody, say, step out again. And so what it does is it trains your faith to know that our new normal is discomfort. It's uncomfortable in Babylon, not so much from a material perspective because it's a prosperous place, but it's not home. And Isaiah knows that they will be in a place that will be comfortable from a temporal standpoint, but it's not home. And so he's trying to get them back. You made a way. Where'd the organ player go? Wrong key, wasn't it? And they loved that. That song was almost soothing to them. You know? All right, stop. So then he does something. Let me get back because I just gave them the scripture before I came up, but your fault. He made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses. They loved this part. For Pharaoh was coming. They heard. And Pharaoh drowned. And they loved that. And so. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! You win! Spoiler alert! Your enemies can't swim! Spoiler alert! You don't die here! Spoiler alert! That's what he did. He broke the barrier. Where do we go? What do we do? There's a body of water before us, chariots behind us. So you know, you, you know what it feels like to be trapped. And they knew what it was to be trapped, and God made a way out. And I think that's often what we're looking for when we come into an environment like this. A way out of addiction, way out of a thought pattern, a way out of something that's generational, a way out of our confusion, a way out of depression. And so they're in Babylon. Remember, Isaiah's getting them to understand and remember what God did. And, and he says, He drew out the chariots and horses, the army and its reinforcements together. Together they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wit. Okay, so he's got them there. Remember all that, all that that God did, like all that amazing stuff that God did, you know, that, that legacy stuff that, that God did, that stuff that you look back on, that highlight stuff, that, all that. Remember? Remember when you, like, you prayed about it and remember when you wanted a husband so bad, and now you two are pretending like being next to one another in Dominion camp meeting is a spiritual experience. Remember? Because he's like, can I, can I just show you one thing? Just one thing. He says, remember all of that that God did. Remember it, because everybody, everybody in here is living in the gap. Everybody say gap. I got good news for you. God is in the gap. God is in the gap. I know he's in the gap because in Revelation there's a lamb and he's seated on the throne. Now he's above it, but he's in it. I know he's in the gap because there wasn't just one cross, there was one in the middle that mattered the most. So if you ever want to find God, he is an ever present help in the time of trouble. God is in the gap. I say that for every weak person. I say that for everyone who's not there yet. I say that for everyone who has a secret that nobody on your road knows about and you wouldn't tell us if we handed you the microphone. I say it for every glitchy person. I say it for every tricky person. I say it for every person who is so 
plagued by your inadequacies, that you cannot perceive what God is doing before you. He's the God of my gaps. He's the God of my weak places. He's the God of my cracks. He's the God of every crevice. He's the God of the dark place at the bottom of the deep well. He is my God in the gap. Not when I get it. I praise him while I'm in the middle of it. It wouldn't take faith to praise him when it happened. It wouldn't take faith to praise him when I felt it. Right here, right now, God is in this moment. Because I got some things that I need God to do in the gap. I got somewhere I want to be. I got somewhere I, I, I want to get. I got something that I want to become. Th this is the gap between the me that I feel occasionally that I get a glimpse of, because you only get a glimpse. <laughs> you get a glimpse. Events like this are amazing because we get a glimpse of what your gift would look like if you could ever really commit to it and really truly believe that what God put in you is irrevocable. I mean, if you could really stay in that place, but then you go back to the gap, and I see this me. But I'm stuck with, I'm going to use a modern example, beta me. The me I want to be and the me, the me that I am right now, the me that I show you right now on Sunday morning, and the me that I will be when I wake up Monday and have to come down from this atmosphere and walk out what God put in me. My shouts are decreasing in decibel level with every sentence that I speak. But you're processing, right? Processing. Like that little wheel that comes up on your computer, the wheel of death. Processing. Processing. I don't like that word a whole lot. Watch this word. Promise like that. Watch this. Process. Delayed reaction. Because I noticed it. Because I do preach in a lot of different churches, and every church has a certain set of vocabulary words. It's like a lexicon for every church. And certain words will ignite a response in every church. And so, you know, you can just say stuff in certain churches. Watch this in the back. Turn around. They know I'm setting them up, but if I had said that in the context, like if I would say, God's going to turn your situation around, and if I put it in a certain time frame of when he was going to do it, we could have church. I always wanted to do that, but I got to pastor a church and see people every week. I got the cameraman laughing. It's true. I got to come back and look at them, and I know that even if it's true that if I shout, the walls will fall down, I still got to fight once I get in. Right, right. It works every time. You know, shout, and the walls will fall. Then what? Y'all pray for me. Please pray for me. Me and Kendrick, the only ones who nobody is praying for right now, please pray for me because I don't normally ask for personal prayer when I'm preaching. Please pray for my family. My family wants a dog. Let me explain something to you. We are not parsleys. We are not dog people. My, my nine-year-old Graham, he draws pictures. You know what he does? He texts me pictures of rescue dogs that he finds on the internet with a caption that says, Where's Graham? I'm waiting for him. 
Do not clap or encourage it because let me tell you something about my son. He doesn't want a dog. He, he wouldn't even like a dog. He likes the concept of a dog. I found out a lot of church people like the concept of change. But if change really came, it would look like a gap. Because before God changed it, he would change you. And how much of what we come here for is for God to change the situation? So I'm standing here only because you made a way. And I'm standing here only because you made a way. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Them flow. I like your version better, but I said, remember that. Because what I do. All right, you got to remember, I'm 17, I'm 18 years old. I'm driving around in a Dodge van, traveling, crisscrossing the state of South Carolina, preaching in places like Loris, South Carolina. You know what the pastor told me before I took the pulpit? He said, Don't even bother telling these people to give up their cigarettes, it ain't going to work. It's the tobacco community. I said, Man, I said, I will preach because he had me working. I traveled all summer. I met my wife on this team. They put me in charge of the team, which was a blessing because I got to pick the rest of the team. And I liked Holly, and so I put her on a van with me because I knew that proximity would create an attraction that would be irresistible. Once she saw, you know, some people look better up close, and I knew if I could get her up close, she could see me for who I had the potential to be. Everybody shout potential. See, it's never a good thing when someone says, you, you think it's a compliment, they say, you have great potential. And that feels good when you're like 14. I preach at, at Loris. <laughs> None of this was the plan for my sermon. I can't stand you for making this anointed church that messes with you, gets you all tangled up in notes. It's true, right? Preachers say that. This is the scripture I gave you right before I walked up, but God is in this place. God is in this place. That's what Jacob said. At one point, he woke up in his life and said, God was here all along. God was even in the divorce. God was even in the lonely night. God was even in my mistakes. Not just what the devil did to me, but even what I did to myself. All things are working for my good. All of them. Good stuff, bad stuff. The stuff he allowed and the stuff that he created us all. And so Pastor Jackson, Pastor Alvin Jackson in Lower South Carolina, he was like, he got up and said, after I preached my first night at his revival, I was just starting to preach. He said, Boy, I think Stephen's gonna be a great preacher. I was smiling. I was smiling so big, like when Pastor Parsley was introducing me. Let me tell you, in the history, uh, Elder Bill, in the history of camp meeting, he's never made that good of an introduction of anybody. I'm his favorite. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> And, and what he's saying, you know, it means so much. But I thought that when he said he's going to be a great preacher, I took that man. I, my chest was out. And one of the one of the guys that was with me who had a little experience in ministry, he said, "You know, that wasn't a compliment." He was essentially saying he's got some gaps because potential potential is cute on the t-ball field. But what about when I'm thirty? Three years old, 43 years old, 53 years old, and you're still talking about my potential. When am I going to get some kinetic? I really wonder about that sometimes. Like, when is what God is going to do going to create less of a shout than what God is doing in my life right now? I'm making a way. Don't you see it? Don't you perceive it? Are you so focused on your potential that you are missing the God of this moment? Jacob said God was in this place all along, and I was not aware. Somebody shout, he's here right now. He's here right now. I'm not shouting over 
brought me through. Remember, remember, this I recall to my mind. That's Jeremiah. Therefore, I have hope. It's because the Lord's mercies were not consumed, because his compassion still not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I remember. That's how you get your confidence. Your confidence. Because if you if you look at this gap too long, you will, as the writer of Hebrews says, cast away your confidence. That's why I thank God that I've got another gap. This is the gap between where I am and where I want to be. This gap is the gap between where I am and where I used to be. I just want you to take like maybe 15 seconds and thank God for that gap. Before he does anything else, no organ, no music, just you, I want you to thank God for how he made a way. Come on, I'm going to do it with you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me from Lawrence, South Carolina, with a boombox and some cassette tapes to where the man who inspired me to preach is sitting on the front row helping me preach. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for my seat in the back. Thank you for using me, choosing me, blessing me, keeping me. Keep on keeping on. You made a way. You made a way. got to stop here because if we stay here and this whole Dominion camp meeting is about what God's gonna, then if he doesn't, just like you thought he would, here's the problem. It's not that we desire change. It's our expectation of change. All right. Let me give you a miracle. Watch this. Walk around the walls. They'll fall down. So I'm thinking if you're designing this miracle, when the people are walking around the walls and waiting for God to make a way for them to go into Jericho, because Jericho isn't so big that they can't win, it's just that the walls are so high, sometimes it's not your potential that is limited, it's your perspective that is blocked by something you can't see over, a moment that you get stuck in. A part of you that you feel like God is so repulsed by that he can't use you until. That he can't use you unless you dress up and pretend to be Esau and start wearing hairy garments on your arms and get in front of your father like you're something you're not, and you can get a blessing that way. But what kind of blessing will it be if you don't even get blessed as yourself? God is not in love with future you. God is not waiting on one day when to shower you with the abundance of his mercy. He's in the gap. I feel like this is my main message. I feel like all I do is preach this to people, and I don't know if they get tired of hearing it, that God, God is in the middle, because God told Joshua to tell, tell the people to walk around the walls, and he told him on the seventh day to do it seven times, shouting, walls fall down, and all that. He didn't tell the people what he told Joshua, so they're walking. A people who has been walking in circles for 40 years now has to take a few more laps. Have you ever felt like, God, if I have to take one more lap, I am going to murder this child that I prayed for? Too far. So, what you got to do? What you got to do if you're designing the miracle, you got to keep the people motivated. Yeah? So here's what you do. I'm going back again to a game called Tetris that used to be on a device called a Game Boy. I'm just checking the demographic of your congregation, Pastor Rod. Seeing how many people remember the Game Boy. It wasn't Candy Crush. 
there was no app store. It was a puzzle game. Y'all remember? Talk to me. Do you remember? And every time you got a line across, you made progress, which then the line would disappear. I'm thinking that's how you do it with the walls to keep the people walking. So, like, this is how I do it. You take a lap, and like Tetris, the walls come down one-seventh, right? Because it'll motivate them. Don't you ever think that if God would have wanted us to work out, he should have made our abs more defined while we are working out? Like, if we could just watch them pop. You wouldn't want a donut. It's the delayed benefit that makes me want to go to Pizza Hut. Anyway, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, for every lap I take, I should see the wall. Somebody say nothing. 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 I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Go look toward the sea. What do you see? Somebody say, what? 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 I thought you heard something. I thought you got a word. I thought God told you to do this. I thought God called you. I thought you were staying single so God could bring you a man. You're still single. You've been in 13 weddings. Nothing. 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 I am preaching the paint off your world harvest walls. This Dominion camp meeting just got triple wrecked. Nothing. 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 This is not very motivating, God. <laughs> because here I am in the middle of a promise. Here I am in the middle of a process. Here I am in, in the middle of trying to walk something out. And you expect me to trust the process, but what I found out about how God works, about the ways that he makes, because I believe he makes a way. I believe that. I'm a faith preacher. I just want to make sure that we're not more in love with the concept of change than the process of change. So I, I do make progress, and he does make a way where there was no way. And he is working, and he does work all things together for the good. Don't shout there. I learned this from you. That's the wrong place to shout. For the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. And his purpose is not to change your situation. His purpose is to change you. And real faith… Who am I here for? Let me know. Let me know who I skipped out of Charlotte for. And his purpose… In the laps that don't seem to be working in your life, every lap you take and nothing, 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 nothing. God says, this season is not about what you want me to do for you. It's about what I want to do in you. So when I do it through you, you will be ready to sustain the blessing that you prayed for. So the middle keeps moving. I'm making progress, but God says, I got to make sure that I leave a gap between where you are and where I want you to be so that you can still remember that you need my grace for what's ahead just like you needed it for what's behind. So God will always make sure there's a gap in your life, a weakness to reveal his, reveal his strength, a sense of your own deficiency that releases your belief in his abundance. God said, keep it moving in the middle. Don't let the fact that 
cause you to doubt what I spoke inside of you. When this thing got started, I said I would. I make a way. It's what I do. It's who I am. But If he fixed everything I don't like about me, I would think I didn't need him. If he made it look like a spoon, it wouldn't work like a fork. All of those gaps. All of those gaps. See, I love that you came to church in a Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction t-shirt, man. I think that's great. All up in World Harvest with a Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction t-shirt with a cross with slash on it. I think that's great. No, I really do. I like that. I like that. I think that's good. God is doing a new thing. I was packing for Dominion Camp Meeting. Don't tell anybody, but last night I had an assignment in Cleveland. It was close to Columbus, so I took it. Okay, it was a U2 concert, but I called it an assignment because it sounds spiritual. Before we left, I was packing, and I was like… All right, what am I going to wear to meet Bono? Because I got to meet Bono. I'm not bragging about that. I mean, I preach for Rod Parsley. I chill with Bono. That's what I do. I'm just playing with y'all. I'm just kidding, man. I really, I'm, I'm not. Well, kind of. I kind of do think it's cool that I'm preaching at Pastor Rod Parsley's church, but I'm not over it. Pastor Joni, I was trying to figure out what to wear to preach here. And I kind of figure, like, huh? I need to wear a suit for Pastor Rod. No, he don't want me to wear a suit. I at least need to wear a jacket. Then I saw my pink uh, sweatshirt and my John Elliott jeans. I was like, maybe I'll wear that. Maybe I'll wear, maybe I'll wear the same thing to the church that I wear to the U2 concert. This is how I dress at home. He invited me. Maybe that's who God wants to bless, is you. Nothing against the suit. I know Brother Jesse will rock the suit and rock the house tonight. Praise him. Praise him. Don't be, touch your neighbor and say, don't be mad. But maybe, like in our churches, he, he, made, he made a way. I want to ask a question. How, how many of you, I think this is going to be most hands, need God to make a way in an area of your life today that is very prominent? Not some things that would be nice, not some things that kind of be cool. I need God to make a way. Now, here's the great part. I'm not even going to ask you what it is, because you wouldn't tell the real truth anyway. You would embed it under three layers of fake Christianese that nobody would know what you're really talking about. It would, it would be so covered in icing and nonsensical language, you wouldn't really tell it, you know, I hate myself, I can't lose weight, I tried to lose, I lost 27 pounds, I gained 32, I haven't read my Bible in four months, I don't even bring it to church anymore because they put it on the screen anyway, I wouldn't know where to find it. There's probably a beer sitting on it right now at home and maybe some stuff rolled up in one of the pages. You won't say that. So I'm not going to ask. Or you won't even say how lonely you feel even though you're successful. You won't say you you won't really talk about the gap. You would put on something that looked like what church was supposed to be. 
And you would categorize it so broadly that it couldn't even really be located. And you would make it so g generic, you know. I just really need God to come through for me. What do you mean by that? What, what, what's the real gap in your life? Because I feel like I feel like somebody's living way beneath your potential and you know it. And you really stopped trying a long time ago. You didn't stop trying because you don't care. You stopped trying because you care so much that you are afraid to really try anymore and keep failing. Because you gave it all you had. You did that, and they laughed at you. And you gave it all you had, and she left you. And when they saw how you really were, they walked away when they saw your gaps. So now, instead of living in this uncomfortable place as the real you and coming before God to get what you really need, you'd rather live in this space. How he made a way when I was 16. Okay, you were in Loris when you were 16, but what about now? You're 37. You got three kids. You started a church. Thousands of people came. It's great, Furtick, but what do you want me to do in your life now? What is blocking the blessing of God from coming into your life, really? Because every time I come to church, it's like the devil has blocked it, which I can't understand because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I got that. So how can something that is lesser than what's in me be blocking me from what God is trying to do through me? It's not even logical. It can't be what the devil is doing. That is blocking the way that I need God to make. Raise your hand again if you need God to make a way, and wave it if you need God to make a way. I thought that the biggest barrier to the blessing of God in my life was the devil, and then I thought it was me because I, I won't believe what God has said, and it's by grace through faith. And I have to have faith, and I have to believe that he is, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I have to believe that if God is to make a way, if I, if I am to have faith, faith is the way, grace is the means. If I am to walk by faith and not by sight, I've got to be able to believe in what I can't see. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. So there have been so many times in my life that God was showing me what he wanted to do, but I could not reconcile it with what I saw, and so I agreed with my sight, and I saw walls, so I stopped. Walking, I didn't see progress, so I quit going. What I didn't know was I was on lap number six, and if I would have walked one more time, if I would have gone and looked toward the sea one more time, this might be your seventh time. You really want to stop here? After all that he's done. After all the ways that he's made, Isaiah says it springs up now, streams in the wilderness, water in the wasteland. He made a way. Remember, we read the scripture. Do you remember it? 40 minutes ago. Put it back up. He said, I made a way through the mighty waters. And I'm doing a new thing in front of you. I am making a way in your life, a way for you to be delivered, a way for you to be free, a way for you to be happy, a way for you to be blessed. I'm making a way. And what is keeping you from perceiving, remember, it's no shortage of God's power. It's no shortage of your potential. You can do everything he called you to do. You can. So what's blocking it? If he's making a way and I don't see it, and it's not the devil because he's defeated, and if it's not me because even if I'm faithless, he is faithful for he cannot deny himself. All right, go back. What was the script? Yeah, yeah, there it is. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. 
drug chariots, horses, army. He got me off drugs, you know, gave me a husband, gave us a home, gave me a place to live, gave me a place to stay, gave me a ministry, gave me a business, gave me a job. I love this part. And they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. The same grace that created that gap will be the grace that I will need for this one. And yet, the very thing that he used to motivate them to move forward into their future, he tells them to forget about as they go. I'm confused because why would he tell me to remember and then tell me to forget? I'll see y'all in two years when I come back to Dominion Camp Meeting and we'll talk about that. Because you don't care. You don't want to hear what God gave me because he gave me this for you. But I need to have good cause to believe that you're ready to receive what I'm about to tell you. Because it's going to sound a little edgy and it's going to sound a little unbiblical. Because the same God who told me to call to my mind what he did tells me to forget how he did it. So God is saying, if you can receive it, remember what I did, how I healed you. Remember how I kept you when you were four. Remember how I brought your baby back. Remember all of it. When you're looking at Goliath, when you're looking at the next challenge in this Babylonian captivity, when you're crying yourself to sleep, when you're wondering how God and when God and the walls don't fall and the drought doesn't stop and the walls won't fall and the clouds won't come and the walls won't fall and the clouds won't come and the joy won't come and you don't feel it, but you're walking, but you don't feel it and you're looking, but you don't see it. God says, remember what I did but forget how I did it. I'm doing a new thing. It's right in front of you. It won't look like what it used to look like. It won't feel like what it used to feel like, but it's going to be greater. What's next is better. It might not be what the devil is doing to you that's keeping you from seeing what God is trying to do through you. It won't be even it will not even be the limitation within yourself. Because God uses broken people to do big things. Jump up if you're broken and you need God to make a way in your life. Jump up. Jump up if you're not ashamed to say, I, I need him. To make a way. I need you, God. I need you in my gaps. I need to persevere so that after I've done the will of God, I might receive what He has promised. I need God in this gap. It would be a terrible thing for you to miss what God is doing because of what he did. And sometimes we get so dependent on a system of how God blesses us and a format of how God blesses us, and we are no longer relevant or revenant or remnant. God said, remember what I did. Remember how I blessed you, but forget how. Forget how and remember who. You made a way, and I'm going to do it again, but not like I did it. Because if I did it like I did it, you would be more in love with how I do it than who I am. So I'm going to do it different this time. 
The seven people say it's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time. It's going to feel different. It's going to look different. But for every Goliath that you're facing and for every gap in your life, I want you to know it's not the same battle. It won't be the same way. But the same God that delivered me, the same God that drowned the chariots, God said, I'm making a way in the wilderness. Watch this. Moses got you out. This time I'm not going to bring you out. I'm going to bless you in it. I want to pray for you. Don't leave. I want to pray for you. Um, could you put verse 19 up one more time, please? I just feel like God's not done with this yet, and I only have one opportunity to be with you, and great speakers are coming ahead. They'll correct my heresy. He's making a way. He's making it like he made a way through the waters. Remember the waters? Waters of your baptism, the grace that got you started. He will begin a good work, will be faithful to complete it. You know these Bible verses. You are churchy people. I can tell you guys know the Word, so you know all of that. You know that. This is a well-watered house. Remember all that? Remember all that? Remember it, what he did. Forget how he did it. Because watch this. He who made a way through the mighty waters, he said, I'm doing a new thing. Somebody shout the next word. That was probably the worst congregational collective experience of scripture reading I've ever had in over 20 years of preaching. See, I'm doing No, see, that's the problem. You don't see. He's doing it. You don't see it. He's doing it. You don't see it. It's invisible. Will you trust? that the progress is happening even when your eyes can't see it? Will you live in this gap? Will you stand there and stay there and pray there and worship there and love him there and trust him there and sow in famine and point to a sky that seems to be barren and talk about the sound of the abundance of rain? you got to see. See. when the walls fall, they're coming down all at once. And every lap you took was preparing your faith for the fight that's on the other side. Who is this for? Nothing has been happening, but something has been happening. He's doing it in you. So, Pastor Parsley said that when the devil attacked his body, he wasn't preaching. He had to take time off of preaching. No, you didn't. You were still preaching, because I was preaching. I wouldn't be preaching. You talk about legacy. You want to talk about legend. Because my, my, son, my son was listening to the new Jay-Z album, Do Not Judge My Parental Decision-Making right now. It's a clean version. Okay. And this, this groove on track three, he loved it. He said, oh, that's good. <laughs> Nothing better than a white suburban kid getting obsessed with hip-hop music, let me tell you. It's an adventure. I don't know. I just got to be myself, man. I'm, I know everybody's got a different style. I just got to preach in my pink shirt. Everybody say new. So he's like, this is good. And I said, boy, that's not even new. That's Stevie. It was Stevie Wonder from 1976. Be because Jay is smart enough to know how to reach back and to bring. See, we don't know how to do this in our lives, to take something that God did. To bring it into what he's doing and to see what is without being stuck in what was. 
He didn't promise who he would do it through. He just said he'd do it. He didn't promise where. He didn't even specify when. Just that he would. So he says, now. Everybody shout, now. There it is. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. Made a way. Made a way. Way. Like that little run. Way. Everybody say, way. Why didn't y'all do it? Way. That's what I did. I made a way in the waters. Watch this. Now. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I'm putting water in the wilderness. I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'm going to sit down. Well, I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to sit down. He made a way. Did he make a way? I said, did he make a way? He made a way through the waters. He said, now I'm going to bless you where you are. And I'm going to give you water in the wilderness. So the same thing that was the barrier before is now going to be the blessing. Somebody shout now. He's making a way now. What was going to kill me is going to be the very thing he's using to bring me Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for the way that you're making right now. Somebody say, right now. Right here in this gap. Right here in my dysfunction. Right here in my despair. Thank you for making a way. I need you to start singing, you made a way. Start singing it, you made a way. But put it in the present tense. Put it in the present. Say, you make a way. You make a way, God. You make a way. I thank you right now for the way that you are making. I thank you for the way that has already been made through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. I thank you that my victory has already been won. I thank you I'm not fighting for it. I'm fighting from it. I thank you that it's already done. That's how I'm walking. That's how I'm pointing. That's how I'm believing. That's how I'm moving forward in faith. I believe you're making a way in every marriage, God. In every home, in every ministry, we perceive it, we see it, we shout about it, we hear the sound, we shout about it, we hear the sound, we're shouting about it, God, even in the places where we can see it. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today at elevationchurch.org give. And thanks again for joining us on the Elevation Podcast.